Are you disconnected, alienated, estranged, or possibly erased from your children or your grandchildren? Are you disconnected from other family members? Are you a child that doesn't have access to your parents? There was a time in my life when I was overwhelmed and underwater. Those days are the inspiration for this podcast. This is by far the ultimate healing journey for all of us. Healing ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and physically is paramount to this journey. From this place of grounding, we can all go out into the world and change all our interactions and relationships. We can engage people from an integrated and resourced place. This is a journey of coming home to ourselves. In today's episode, we'll start to explore some of these issues. Let's begin the healing journey today. Welcome to the Family Disappeared Podcast. In today's episode, I will be sharing some of my story of disconnection and alienation, what it was like for me, what I did, and what I could have done so much better if I would have had access to different tools and resources. The beautiful thing about this is you do not have to make the same mistakes I made. You do not have to go through the pain that I went through. You have an opportunity to interrupt and heal yourself and to heal the family system. Come along for the journey of healing yourself to heal your life. I wanted everyone to change. I just wanted them to do the right thing. I thought if they just did the right thing that I would be okay. That the pain, the confusion, the desperation, that all that stuff would go away. I tried every strategy. I tried controlling people. I tried getting the right professionals. I tried so many different things and I was just searching. I was just searching for the proverbial silver bullet. You know that pill that I could just take and if I just took it, then everything would go back to normal. And what I found is that I am the silver bullet, that the resources that I was looking for outside of myself, I had to cultivate within myself. I had to cultivate an emotional, spiritual, and physical relationship with myself. And from that place, I could go out into the world and I could engage my family and I could engage every other person in my life in a different way. Today, I'm going to share some of those ways that I engage life differently and how it's altered and changed every single relationship in my life. And at the end of the show, I'm going to share one of my favorite breathing techniques that will get you out of your head, out of those ruminating thoughts, the fear, the anxiety, and back into your body. And it's really simple. It's something you can do anywhere, at any time, and it's something that I still use today. Hi, my name is Lawrence Joss, and I'm just going to qualify for you quickly. And what qualifying means to me is just letting you know where I am in my journey of alienation, estrangement, disconnection, erasure, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I just want to quickly address the different words and just say that these words are useful to a point and sometimes they're divisive. And I mention all those different words because I really believe this is a big tent. This tent can hold a lot of different people with a lot of different experiences and at different times in our lives we might use different words to associate with. And the words aren't important. It's really about the journey. So to qualify, my name is Lawrence and I qualify as an alienated dad. I have three daughters. I have a 28-year-old that it's been seven years with no contact. I have a 25-year-old that it's been four years with no contact. And she has two grandkids that I'm yet to meet. And I have a 21-year-old that I have regular contact with. And in qualifying, I want to be really clear. My daughters are not doing anything to me. They're just trying to survive and navigate the world and start their own lives. And it's a really important distinction to make because in the beginning of this journey, I've been going through this journey for about 17 years, I wanted to blame my kids or that they were doing something to me or they were doing something wrong because they were hurting my feelings. You know, I just wanted them to love me, but ultimately they were just trying to survive. They weren't doing anything to me. 
my ex-wife and I had co-created a family system as best as we could and had taught them coping skills and mechanisms that we thought would serve them. And in doing that, we didn't necessarily set them up to be really successful with certain things because what we were teaching them is what we learned from our family of origin. And let me say what I learned from my family of origin. I by no way want to take my ex-wife's inventory or say what she did right or she did wrong. We were both in this family system and we both co-created it. And I'm, my intention is to stay from the I perspective and let you know what my experience is. So I woke up one morning, 13 years into my marriage, and my life was falling apart. My wife at that time had asked me to leave the house and that she wanted a divorce. And I truly believed that I would be out of the house for three days. Everything would blow over and I'd be back. There was no seminal event. There was no trauma. You know, we had struggles just like any family and ups and downs. And I was hardworking and went out and provided for my family the best way that I could. And when she asked me to leave, you know, it really shook me to the core. And the anxiety and the fear and the confusion just all kicked in. I really believed we were going to live happily ever after. No one in my family had ever been divorced, so I didn't even know what that experience could or would eventually look like for me. Initially, I had my two youngest daughters two days a week, and my oldest daughter I didn't really have much contact with. And then I landed up having my two youngest daughters 50% of the time. For the first year, my oldest daughter didn't have any connection with me. She wouldn't get in a car with me, have a meal with me, really have any kind of conversation with me. And again, she was just trying to survive and was stuck in the situation where she was in the house with her mom and I had her, her sisters 50% of the time doing some really cool stuff. You know, as a child, that must have been so incredibly confusing and challenging and hurtful. And I have a lot of regrets. You know, the skills and coping mechanisms that I have, I really wanted to center my ex-wife in the conversation. I just wanted to get her back. And I thought if I could just do that, then everything would be okay. If I could just get her to love me, then everything would be okay. And not that she didn't love me, but I was just in that place of just feeling abandoned and not knowing what to do. And I was brought up in a family of codependency and enmeshment. So naturally, I was enmeshed and codependent with my ex-wife. And if I could just get back to that place of feeling that stuff, then everything would be okay. And I thought everything would be okay because it was a familiar feeling. It wasn't necessarily a healthy feeling, but it was something that I could associate with my family from a whole entire life. So I have my two youngest daughters 50% of the time. My whole life has fallen apart. I can't work at this particular moment because the anxiety and the fear is just crazy and it's like overtaking me. I don't really have anyone to talk about this with because my family's so emotionally involved and angry and has all their different stuff going on. My friends are giving me advice and telling me what to do and I'm still stuck in the same place and I'm still like treading water and not knowing what to do. I'm presuming some of you can relate to this, like trying to use old coping mechanisms and skills to navigate this incredibly complex journey and not really understanding what's going on. And for me, it took eight years to hear the term parental alienation. It took me eight years to start doing some research. And the research out there is really cool. And if the word parental alienation doesn't resonate with you, great. If it does resonate with you, great. But the research is what I'm really talking about. I'm going to put a link in the show notes that will take you to a resource page that we're developing that has a bunch of great information just to learn some different family dynamics that are going on that you might be able to relate to. And there's a lot of healing in just understanding what's happening in the engine, in the mainframe of the computer. 
I wish someone would have shared this with me in the beginning. If I had just known there was some kind of framework that I could look at to understand what was happening and why my kids were behaving in a particular way, what was going on inside of me, I could have averted so much damage. So one of the most important tools that I picked up early on in this journey because the pain was just so immense was support. And the support that I found was through 12-step groups. And it doesn't matter what the group is. It matters that there's a bunch of people that are trying to recover their life in a healthy way, in an emotionally grounding, nurturing, spiritual path. So I'm going to put another link in the show notes, and it's going to be to a support group for other parents and grandparents and kids that are struggling with any form of disconnection, alienation, estrangement, whatever word you'd like to use. And it's a really loving community. It's kind. It's welcoming. And everyone's rowing in the same direction. Everyone's struggling with the same stuff. So you don't have to continuously explain stuff to people. You don't have to continuously wait for buy-in. Because most people don't understand when you say you're disconnected or don't have contact with someone that you love, like a child or a grandchild. So I highly suggest checking out some of those meetings as a resource. And also the neat thing about it is people are in all different parts of the continuum. So some people are disconnected from their kids. Some people have been reunited. Some people have partial contact and you get to hear a lot of different experiences. And with those different experiences, you get a lot of different tools and different ideas. You get different people you can talk to outside of the meetings to process stuff and and ask for some support. So I'd say that's the number one most important thing to do early on is get support. It is definitely an access point to interrupt some of the damage that is happening. It is a place to start to heal. And in healing yourself, you're actually going to be able to interrupt the system and maybe regain some kind of connection with your kids that you might not necessarily have now. Another thing that was happening for me early on is I'd be having conversations where there was with my kids when I had partial contact or even when I had full contact. And I'd be talking to them and when I'd be communicating... I'd be communicating from a place of like reactivity. I'd be communicating from a place of just old behaviors and old ways of talking. And I did not know there was another way to communicate. And one of the greatest tools that I've learned along this really, really challenging path is something called NVC. And NVC is nonviolent communication. And it's an empathy-based form of communication. And it's kind of neat because what you do is you're really removing your feelings and where you are from a conversation and you're just repeating back to the person that's speaking from an empathetic lens what they're experiencing and feelings so you can really understand what's happening and as an example if my daughter would say to me hey dad you know what I mean I'm, I'm not feeling good about how you're talking to me or stop yelling at me even stop yelling at me even if my daughter did something that wasn't great let's go with that you know, my initial reaction is like, I'm yelling at you for da 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 And what happens with this other form of communication is you stop for a second and you reflect on what the other person is feeling and needing. So an appropriate response using this framework is, oh, I'm hurting your feelings and you're not feeling good about what I'm saying. Maybe my tone of voice is feeling like really intimidating. And then maybe your daughter goes, yeah, dad, you're acting like a butt and I, I don't like it. I don't like it when you treat me that way. And I would go, oh, okay, I get it. I'm hurting your feelings. And once you get the buy-in, then the conversation can change. You know, but for me, like, especially as a dad and wanting to be in control and thinking somehow I was, I was like omnipotent and had full control over my kids, which isn't 
true. Like I was their dad and I was there to teach them stuff and be a role model and stuff, but I wasn't there to control their thought pattern or have them behave a particular way. So communication has been an incredible gateway to healing. And I want to be clear when I say it's been an incredible gateway to healing, it's been an incredible gateway to healing in every relationship in my life. And when I do get to meet with my youngest daughter, my whole lens has changed because I'm not trying to change what she's saying or how she's saying it. I'm just reflecting back what's going on with her until I get like a semblance of what's happening and then we move into a conversation. And sometimes I don't. It's not something I have to use all the time. And if you're new and struggling and you get texts or emails and your emails and texts seem to blow up, like taking a step back and saying, how am I communicating is an incredibly useful tool. And I highly suggest it as a place to disrupt what's happening. I remember so many times when I was having some kind of conflict or something with one of my daughters and it would turn into this thing where I I sounded like my dad and I was talking at my kids and, and not with my kids and it wasn't collaborative and it wasn't open. And yeah, sometimes as a parent, you need to have a boundary and you need to set a tone or an expectation. Yes, and that's 100% true. And there needs to be space for the child to be heard, especially when there's so much going on in this kind of family system where there is the overlying trauma and, and different things happening with estrangement and parents maybe possibly talking about each other in, in negative ways, you know? So this is definitely a must-do for everyone, in my opinion. The other thing that I really want to share that I think is important, especially for my early on story, is with the level of anxiety and fear and the changing landscape and not really understanding what was happening and and really feeling hopeless, like I felt dysregulated a lot. You know, and when I'm dysregulated and I enter into a conversation, I'm usually going to screw something up. Maybe I'm going to yell, maybe I'm going to cry, maybe I'm going to be overtly aggressive or something like that. And not that there's anything wrong with any of those emotions. I think they're all welcome and useful. And if I'm dysregulated and I'm trying to get something out of the conversation but from a place of hurt and pain and not knowing what's going on, I can't serve any of my relationships. So meditation has been a really great thing for me. You know, and if you haven't meditated before, it sounds and seems maybe intimidating. Like, how do I meditate amongst this pain and everything that's going on? So for me, what I did initially, it was just a minute a day at a particular time, and then it grew into five minutes, and then it grew into what my practice looks like today which is usually 30 minutes a day in the morning. And that took a long time to get there. But what the meditation does for me is it actually allows me to get into my body. It allows me to get below the ruminating thoughts and start to regulate myself. And once I regulate myself and actually can see what's going on for me, then I can enter into so many of these conversations from a different place. And I will say, I have messed up and screwed up a lot of different conversations. I've escalated situations that didn't need to be escalated because I was dysregulated. And in my family of origin, and again, my family of origin was where I was raised with my parents and my sister, like we talked at each other. We didn't know how to listen. So I take that into every relationship, right? And if I'm in a trauma response or I'm struggling with relationships, especially with the kids, like, yeah, I need to start to learn, adapt some new skills. And meditation is paramount. So that's just a little bit of who I am and what's going on. And just to recap, the three most important things right now, if you're new to this, if you've been doing this for a long time and some of these things aren't a normal tool you would pull out of your tool belt, is support. 
And support means folks that are struggling with the same things and also folks that are working on themselves to become a better version of themselves, not people that are stuck in the story and just want to rehash the story over and over again. And there is a place for that and it is important to talk about it and it is important to get it out of your body and out of your nervous system. And if you want change and sustainable change, it has to be in an environment where people are working on themselves emotionally and spiritually. So a support group is fantastic. And again, that link is in the chat if you want to check out a meeting or if you just want to go to the website and, and see what different resources and services are available. The second thing is communication. Like, how am I talking to people? Am I actually listening or am I just waiting to share my opinion? Am I listening or do I just want them to do what I want them to do and there is no negotiation? Can I listen differently? Can I listen from an empathetic point of view? Can I actually help my children, friends, family be seen and heard? And I promise you from that place, if you're actually able to see and hear them, you will create attunement. And attunement is that time is sometimes you're looking someone in the eye and all of a sudden it feels like there's a connection. You're both seeing each other. That's what attunement is, and that's what empathy gives you access to. So communication is the second thing. And the third thing is meditation, is a place to get below the noises and below the voices in, into your body. And the form of meditation that must probably is the most useful is just concentration, where you're just concentrating on your breath, and you concentrate on your breath coming in through your nose, and you concentrate on your breath going out through your nose. Just some really, really simple stuff. So I'm going to share with you uh, just a really simple breath exercise to wrap up today and let you know a way you can work with your nervous system. So it's called 478. And you can Google it online. That's not something that I came up with. It's just something that I used and something that someone taught to me. So you're going to breathe in for four. And then you hold your breath for seven. And then you breathe out for eight. And then you just kind of keep repeating that until you kind of get out of your head and you get out of the ruminating thoughts or the anxiety starts to subside. And then you can kind of move on to the next thing. And I use this all the time. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just need to take a time out. And if I'm in a conversation, I'm like, hey, excuse me, I'm just going to take a couple seconds to regroup. And I go and do something as, as basic as that. So try that out. Use it. Let us know what you think about it. I'm hoping you enjoyed that. And that's just like a little snippet. I don't want to get too deep into my story and stuff like that, but there's so many instances and nuances I'm going to share with you that are going to be life-changing. We're going to bring on some professionals that are going to give you some phenomenal advice. We're going to have panels of other parents and grandparents and kids and what's happening in their life, how their lives have changed, how they're using these different tools. And I promise you, it will change your life. So the next episode is going to be really exciting. We're going to start to talk about some words and definitions that are going to apply to your situation that you're struggling with, no matter where you are on the continuum. We're going to talk about loyalty contracts. We're going to talk about triangulation. We're going to talk about the difference between estrangement and alienation and, and erasure. We're going to talk about attunement to yourself and attunement to others. We're going to talk about agency and high agents. Ooh, that's a really, really, really good one. And, and agency just means like when you're really in your own body and you're acting on your own behalf. And a high agent is when you're trying to take care of someone or fix someone else. That's a show by itself, but we'll get into a little bit of that. And we're going to wrap that show up with the secret handshake or the unilateral agreement where we're making an agreement with someone, but we're not really telling them that there's an agreement and we expect them to behave a certain way. So just to recap everything here today, the key here is to heal yourself, to heal your life, 
right? We have to start with healing ourselves in order to go out into the world to interact and engage with everyone else from a different place. So heal yourself to heal your life. And the second takeaway is we need to be grounded, resourced, and educated. Grounded through meditation, resourced through some kind of support group or community. And lastly, we want to make sure that we're educated. We want to make sure that we're listening to what the professionals have to say. We want to make sure we're downloading that information so we can understand what's actually happening in the system. We don't want to take that information and go into the system and disrupt the system. We first have to, again, heal ourselves. We first have to be grounded and resourced, right? And then we can take this really, really, really important education information and use it in a useful healing and constructive way. Make sure to click the link below so you can have access to meeting times and information and links and a bunch of other useful information that will be really supportive to you. And there is also a link below for a worldwide advocacy project for anyone that's struggling with any form of this alienation, estrangement, disconnection, or anything like that. We really love you to participate in that. Click the link, read about it. It's an art project, it's phenomenal, and we need all of your support and help in order to get the message out there and help as many families as possible. And please share on social media if this feels useful. Please share with friends and family. You know, we want to create change and we can't create change unless we can touch a bunch of people. So thank you for coming out and sharing this couple minutes where, wherever you are in your day today. And I, I hope to see you at the same place, same time next week. Thanks for taking the time to join me on this episode of Family Disappeared Podcast. Do you know someone who can benefit from what we're discussing on today's episode? If so, please share this podcast with them and anyone else in your community that might be interested in changing their lives. Together, we'll continue the exploring, growing, and healing journey. I will see you on our next episode. Until then, happy days to all.